Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show, and coming up this hour, Gordon Chang, who's written a book called The Coming Collapse of China, and uh, I have had the chance to meet him a number of times, and he's got some fascinating insights, and we're hearing, are you ready for this? You better sit down. It looks like China's economy sucks as bad as ours. Well, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like they're uh, they're experiencing some pretty bad uh, economic data. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, good, you know, because honestly, uh, they're not our friend. They are not our friend. Um, we've got a bunch of stuff to get to. I do want to do an update real quick on uh, on the uh, a couple of things. First and foremost, uh, posted a video this morning on uh, Twitter and on uh, LinkedIn and on Getter and on Truth. Um, and, and the reason being is, is I, I had a very long and wonderful weekend. I've had a couple weekends that were amazing, and they gave me the opportunity to think. Uh, went up to my biological family reunion, met a lot of people, saw how bad things were where I grew up. And it looks like Mississippi in a bad time. I and mean, it looks like Appalachia in some of the small towns that I grew up in. It's just terrible. And then I uh, took another trip and uh, listened to a lot of music. And, uh, and, and, uh, and then I, last week I, I, I caught myself. I was responding to Keith Olbermann on Twitter, and I went, what am I doing? Uh, who cares? Who cares? Uh, our country is in an exponential or, or an existential, I should say, crisis. And um, it isn't going to do me any good every day to come in hacked off, uh, you know, uh, pounding a desk. Um, I should do what I can to connect with people and also use humor because that's a gift that God has given me. Uh, unlike uh, so many talk shows out there, you know, you listen to talk radio. And I've been hearing a lot of this lately. I don't listen to whoever because it's just become depressing. I don't listen to whoever because it's just bad news. Or I, I don't listen to whoever because I just, I can't take it anymore. And then I realized I was doing the same thing. When I was in my car, uh, rather than listening to some of the other hosts that I listened to, I was turning on Comedy Central Radio. <laughs> it was... Because I, I know about everything that's going on, and I'm here to it to inform you, yes, but I'm also here to entertain you, and I'm also uh, hopefully offering you maybe a little bit of inspiration, and since I'm uh, pretty darn good at doing comedy, uh, why not uh, kind of accentuate the funny, you know? Haven't changed my views on anything, by the way. I still believe everything. All those things that I said that if I, I believe because I'm not stupid, 100%. Hey, Rob Carson, I listen to him. Hella, I never miss one single show. Okay. He's always funny and on the money. What he'll say next, you never know. much and that rob's always true do not freedom's promoted and he's devoted 
talking. Pops always got the facts. You bet. On radio and on TV. His show is loaded. But I'm not. Now it's exploded. I used to be. Rob's looking out for you and me. There you go. Look out, he's on the air. You know what? Uh, Rush Limbaugh, he uh, he used to uh, occasionally he'd uh, break and he'd talk about golf or he'd talk about something else. And the people say, stay in your lane and freak out and all that. And I, I don't want to get to that point where people go, you got to stay uh, angry and you got to keep doing, you know, you know, I'd rather uh, pivot if I need to and uh, and do more than, than the other shows do as far as uh, just not making you feel like you want to drive fast into a bridge abutment every day because there are days there are days you're just like i can't take this it's so stupid i can't take how the country's going i can't take this transgender nonsense i can't take the abuses of the southern border i can't take any more of these these idiotic indictments of donald trump because i know they don't want him to be the president again i get it i'm not changing anything about my my beliefs everything that you've i've told you about everything is not changing it's just, uh, I just feel like if we're going to survive this, we got to do it together. And, uh, and you know, when you're in a battle, uh, one of the first things, the most valuable things you can do, I've never been in battle, unless you consider my childhood at home. Uh, but, uh, but I've never been in battle. And uh, it, if you're going to win a battle, you have to have morale. And um, that's one of the things I'm here for, is uh, maybe a little bit of morale. Darren Beatty has a website called Revolver News, and he's an exceptional journalist. We've had him on the show. Need to have him on again. And he has got a theory uh, about Joe Biden leaving office and how uh, Donald Trump, or I should say Ron DeSantis, is loving it. Just check this out. It's just a theory. Here he is talking to Kimberly Guilfoyle. I do think there probably will be a January 6th-related indictment. They're just going to keep piling indictment after indictment. Um, until they can get rid of him. That's the strategy now. That's the regime strategy is they can't, you know, which is interesting because it shows that they're not even fully confident in their vote rigging capabilities <laughs> at this point. Because if they were confident, they're, they're confident in their vote rigging capabilities, they wouldn't need to bury him in That's one, a really good point. one ridiculous indictment after another. So this is their insurance policy to say, we're just going to indict the hell out of him until he can't even run. And frankly, well, he's going to keep running and we're going to keep supporting him. This is what the DeSantis people are counting on. Really? You know, you've heard of a lot of yeah. cam- you've heard of a lot of campaign strategies throughout history. The right. DeSantis strategy in this case, which we might dub the Merrick Garland strategy, what? is almost unique <laughs> in the sense that he's literally counting on a corrupt Justice Department and getting rid of his rival, which is surpassing him so far that he doesn't even have a chance in a normal electoral well, contest. You know, yeah, this is why I say that uh, Donald Trump is not a candidate. He's a movement. That's just what it is. That's why he's a uh, new Newsmax, Newsmax reporting this morning. Donald Trump is up on Ron DeSantis by uh, 44 points. It's not because uh, Ron DeSantis is uh, whatever. I mean, some people have some issues with Ron DeSantis. Uh, in any other year, he'd probably be a completely acceptable candidate. In fact, I would venture to say that if you looked at his uh, policies compared to George Bush and all the uh, others and Mitt Romney and the, and the uh, Paul Ryan wing of the Republican Party, I would say that uh, Ron DeSantis would blow all those people away. So would Vivek Ramaswamy. 
you know. But, uh, but you know, he said the other day, he says, well, you know, Trump didn't do everything he could on January the 6th. I'm like, unless you're saying this is BS and I believe that and I know that the DOJ is corrupt. If you're not willing to say that and you're willing to forsake the massive corruption of the FBI and DOJ to go after a political rival or at least acknowledge their, their investigation as credible, even though it is not. That's not good, and that that hurt him. That re- I'm just saying, it really, really hurt him a lot. Uh, it hurt him with me, although I wasn't planning on voting on him. I said maybe 2028. Here is uh, Devin Nunes. Devin Nunes last night on Newsmax talking about um, uh, the possible. Oh, do I have it here? Hold on, hold on. Um, yeah, here let me find it. Devin Nunes talking about the possible replacement of Joe Biden on the ticket, and this is what I have said. He's going to step down. My opinion is here that Biden's not going to be the nominee. Actually, he's on with uh, Real America's Voice, John Solomon. I apologize. I thought it was on Newsmax. Are, uh, you know, large. I think every day that goes by, the percentage increase is not going to be the nominee. It seems to me like what the machinery around here is doing is they're trying to get the son indicted on something, get him done. They want to. They don't want to have a primary process. They don't want to have any debates because no. it would look even worse for him no. for, for Biden. Um, and then he'll become kind of the de facto. You know, he'll be the nominee. Yeah. And then before the the convention, they'll say, "Oh," and then Obama and, and the team come in and they put put someone in. Now, who is it they're going to pick? We don't. Everybody they're hiding, right now. Seriously, everybody that has been high profile that's not talking much lately, uh, you know, like Gavin Newsom or uh, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, those are the people. They're they're keeping their powder dry, although <laughs> their powder is pretty pathetic. We don't know. That's. I, but you know, but you also have the Biden machinery yeah. that will, as crazy as it is, they want to have weekend at Bernie's. You know the old. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's why you know uh, Kamala Harris uh, uh, out of nowhere just suddenly went off on curricula in Florida and said that oh this curricula it, it says it's slavery that slaves got great skills for being the slaves and all that and she was all sorts of mad about it and that came out of nowhere. That was a last-ditch effort to uh, say, hey, while you're considering pushing Joe out, remember, I'm still here. I'm not kidding. I I absolutely believe that. I really, really do believe that. And, uh, you know, and and, uh, Joe Biden, as I've said, I I didn't feel that he mentally or physically would be able to be the candidate in 2024. It's always been absurd to me to even think about it. I mean, just look at him. And it's because I've had relatives who've had dementia. It doesn't get better. I mean, it's not, there's nothing wrong with admitting that. What's really wrong is pushing somebody into another term when they clearly, they're not up to the task. I mean, we got to be serious people. We, we live in a serious world. And if we're uh, uh, so uh, into the politics, we can't recognize when they're, I don't know, using the short stairs on Air Force One, you know, just out of nowhere, just using the short stairs on, uh, on uh, Air Force One, then... Uh, that's not good. That is that is not good. Now I mentioned earlier um, RFK and and RFK is uh, you know presumably not going to be the candidate. The Democrat Party is not going to do it. But RFK is saying some things that I think really resonate with uh, with the middle class. The middle class is in a, 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 a free fall right now. I noticed this in small towns that I grew up near at uh, last uh, weekend when I went to my family reunion. I've never seen anything like it. 
Uh, I was driving up uh, when my brother died in 2018. My brother Dwight died. And I drove up to Iowa to his funeral. And I noticed, uh, you know, I had to drive uh, up in the hills because the Missouri River Valley was flooded. And I noticed these little wineries were popping up and little businesses. And I went into my hometown and there was a new business there. And, and I was like, this is great. And, and, and here we are. This is four or five years later. And it's terrible. And um, I've got something that, I, uh, that I'll share from you from RFK, but, but I want you to listen to this. This is one of the reasons why people like this man. Uh, and, and I disagree with much of his policies. His global climate change warming crap is crap. But, uh, but he is saying a lot of the right things to Democrat voters who feel bewildered by the awfulness of their party. We are, you can't afford to be poor in this country anymore, and you can't afford to be a working person. Just since the lockdowns, the price of housing has gone from 250000 to 400000 per, per home. And, and the inflation is everywhere. Right? You're right. right. And, and the, we've lost a million Americans lost their homes in 2021 and another million in 2022. Both of those years, we lost more homes than the people who lost them in 2008. But we're in the middle of a terrible crisis in this country right now. Most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck and they're living in terror that they're going to lose their jobs. 57% of our, our, our country people and, and women can't afford, could not put their hands on $1,000 if they had an emergency. So would you, it's, not. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening everywhere. I do have a uh, remarkable piece of audio coming up from him in just a moment. Then also, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre is now saying that the government is going after all of your home appliances. All of your major home appliances. The media said that they were never going to come after gas stoves. We found out they wanted gas stoves. Now it's going to get a whole lot worse. And Corinne Jean-Pierre said it yesterday. It's time to tell them, uh, no, no. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. You know, as though we didn't have enough to worry about, America has an STD explosion. Uh, Houston is recording... uh, Unprecedented rise in syphilis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is an interactive uh, map showing infections are soaring across the board across the uh, United States. Uh, and every state has seen a spike in syphilis, a sexually transmitted disease that can lead to organ damage, gonorrhea, hey, gonorrhea, and an STD that can cause infertility. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we've got an explosion in, uh, in old-timey, um, and I would say, aren't they kind of old-timey? Because we had AIDS come along and uh, chlamydia and all of that stuff. And, uh, and now we're having a return to the classics, I guess, is what it is. <laughs> what it is. So inflection rates of uh, syphilis have uh, surged 70% across the U.S. states. Gonorrhea up by 25%. Chlamydia has dropped 5 So uh, on the uh, STD countdown, chlamydia is down a slot and filled by gonorrhea, which, wow, just did not sound right. I think they should call these diseases like gonorrhea classic. So, you know, you could tell your, uh, your sick other, hey, you know what? Could be worse. I could have chlamydia. I got gonorrhea classic. It's the new version. Or, uh, you know, maybe you could call it original formula com- com- chlamydia. Or uh, vintage syphilis. You know, kind of makes it sound a little more fit. New and improved herpes. One of those. So, on top of everything else, you got a, a dog biting secret service agents, a corrupt president, a corrupt son. Uh, poverty in the country rising and uh, STDs, classic STDs, <laughs> making a comeback. 
Wow. Wow. Okay, when's the uh, Plague of Locusts? The Plague of Locusts, can somebody just cue that anytime now? We need a we need a Plague of Locusts if we're going to really make this complete. This is a piece that I saw uh, Joe Rogan post about um, uh, RFK Jr. and the Democrat Party, and I, I'm playing this because this is pretty brave for a Democrat to do. We've never heard anybody speak about the orthodoxy that is driving the Democrat Party now, which is insane. And, and if you're an RFK Democrat or a JFK Democrat, you're looking at the country going, are you serious? And I said, maybe 5% of, uh, of people are, do, are, are committing all these, this nonsense in our country, and the rest of us are following along. And, and Democrat Party uh, members are following along, too. And RFK is the first person in the Democrat Party to really challenge, challenge uh, truth to power, I guess, since maybe Bernie Sanders, Sanders in 2015. So here is RFK. Wars and this really bizarre turning our backs on the American middle class. The only thing that sustains democracy. If you don't have a middle class, any political scholar or political scientist will tell you if you have large aggregations of wealth at the top and widespread poverty below, that that formulation is too unstable to support democracy. Now, remember what I said about uh, the French Revolution? Washington, D.C., Fils on foie gras, you get the crumbs. This is what he's talking about. And if you are in the middle class, lower middle class, you live in a place like Council Bluffs, Iowa, or you live in a place like East Palestine, Ohio, you know this. The middle class has just been wiped out in this country, and nobody's talking about it. And I think that's why Trump was so popular. He was the one guy who's talking to those people. And, and, and is still popular, by the way. They're angry because nobody's listening to them. And yeah. Trump said, I'm listening to you, and I'm going to go break things for you. And they are angry, and they want things to get broken. And they want to go back and break them some more. And there's going to be a revolution. Either it can be owned by Donald Trump, or we can try to marshal and mobilize that energy for a more idealistic vision of our country. Well, I, I, that's nice, and it's true. But the only person who can do that just happens to be Donald Trump. And, I, and I'm not saying that just because you know that I, I support Donald Trump. I'm just saying the only person who can marshal those forces who knows what's going on in Washington, D.C., just happens to be Donald Trump. I think this is remarkable, actually, of him to say that. Every nation, like every individual, has a darker side and a lighter side. And the easiest thing for a politician to do is to appeal to our hatred and our ah. bigotry and our fear. And that every once in a while, politicians like my dad come along who have a different approach, which is to persuade people one way or another to transcend their narrow self-interest and see themselves as part of a community, as part of a large adventure and be willing to take risks for neighbors who don't look like them because they feel like okay, and now he's just delving into nonsense we've always been a melting pot we've always never cared unless you live in select neighborhoods we've never cared uh, that the guy across the street at least in my generation never cared about the guy across the street uh, being a black guy married to a white woman that's just you know honestly that's identity politics but if 74% of the American people say the country is going in the wrong direction then I would think that 74% of us could come together to change the country. And, and we can work out some of the other things on the way. If you're just going to yell and scream and be vitriolic and be a leftist and want to put people in jail for speech, uh, I can't, I, we can't uh, have a conversation with you. So let's just, uh, you know, let's just cut them out of the conversation and come together. Uh, this doesn't mean forsaking conservative ideals, not one little bit. We've got to do some convincing. 
but clearly we got to do something. All right, so coming up, Gordon Chang is going to talk to us about what's going on with China. Uh, also, a CNN watches as three thefts occur at a Walgreens. They were doing a store on theft, a story. That's coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. One of my favorite guests to watch on television and have on my radio show is Gordon Chang. He's the author of The Coming Collapse of China and The Great U.S.-China Tech War, and he joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm fine, Rob, and thank you so much. Yeah, I saw you had uh, posted that you were going to be on the show on X, by the way. It's now Twitter. That was kind of, a, a, kind of an abrupt, abrupt change. What do you think of, uh, of calling it X instead of Twitter? I think that Elon Musk, has, who has had some of the best ideas in the world, is showing us that um, when, when his success gets to his head, I think that um, he's making some of the most ill-advised decisions in the world. I yeah. mean, he had a great brand, and to yeah. give it up um, for some sort of benign, I mean, uh, bland the title, I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either because if you look at like Kleenex would never say, "Okay, let's let's uh, let's uh, change our name to snot uh, snot nosed uh, uh, paper towels." I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You literally tweet something. You don't say you Facebook something. You don't see you gather gather something. You literally own Twitter, and a tweet is when you put something on. It's a verb now. So I don't understand why he would uh, why he would make it makes me feel a little uncomfortable. I I don't think it has the I don't know. I kind of like being on Twitter because Twitter had so long kept people like you and me silent, and I kind of felt good that we were able to speak again on Twitter. And then they changed the name of it. So anyway, uh, welcome to the show. We got a lot of stuff to get to, and I I know that you have been uh, sounding the alarm on China. I saw you. I think it was Eric Eric Bowling a couple weeks ago, and uh, you I think are one of the the few people because you have a an astute and very intense knowledge of uh, of China, of what is governing China, of uh, China's ambitions, and and uh, you are saying that good things are not uh, are not happening in China is gearing for something. Um, you've mentioned on Twitter that uh, China wants to wage war in the Arctic. Uh, what what is going on in your mind? What do you think? Uh, what sort of threat right now does China uh, possess, and what is their end game right now with the United States? I think that Xi Jinping's end game really is survival over the next several years because okay. the situation in China is really distressing. And we know that because we see an unprecedented surge of Chinese migrants across our southern border. And most of those people are middle-class Chinese who have just given up on China. And that's a real indication that the country is in distress. Well, we can see from objective factors that it is. Um, the economy is stagnating, probably contracting. Property prices have collapsed. Sales of property, which is really critical for middle-class Chinese, um, have um, basically disappeared, um, and so because uh, sellers and buyers are too far apart, and so you have a country where the economy has really failed. At the same time, you have uh, China's going to uh, entering the steepest demographic decline in history in the absence of war or disease. We're seeing worsening food shortages, a deteriorating environment, failing local governments. Um, so Xi Jinping, he right now has two choices. He can, let his, he can let historical forces sort of wash away the Communist Party, or he can try to rally the Chinese people and go to war. And I'm betting that he's going to choose the war option. 
You know, I was thinking about that uh, with regard to, to Joe Biden. I was kind of wondering if he would wag the dog to, uh, you know, to strengthen his position going into the election. But I think, honestly, the Democrat Party is done with him. So I don't think I don't think that he has any ability to do something like that. With Xi Jinping, it may sound like I mean, that's what happened. That's what desperate, desperate leaders do. They want to rally the troops. They want to look at the, the dear leader as the defender of us. Uh, you know, we know what the war did for um, for the recovery uh, that uh, from the Great Depression. The, the, it wasn't it wasn't policies of, uh, of Theodore Roosevelt that brought us out. It was the war. It was it was uh, rallying the troops. Uh, it was spending money. It was it was manufacturing. It was uh, morale and all of those things. Is that kind of the, the, it's the same scenario? I'm, I'm assuming the same scenario that that Xi Jinping would consider um, if he's going to stay in power. I think so. Well, first of all, Xi Jinping believes that he has a right to rule. <clears throat> excuse me, the entire world. Um, so he comes from this as the most ambitious aggressor in history. So he doesn't have to imagine, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, rallying the Chinese people because that's one thing that he believes he has the right to do. Um, but um, because of the disastrous situation in China right now, that is going to be, I believe, his short-term tactic. In any case, Rob, you know, only Xi Jinping knows what he is thinking, but the point is we know that he talks about war all the time. He's engaged in the fastest military buildup since the Second World War. He's trying to sanction-proof his regime. He's stockpiling commodities like grain. He's surveying the United States for nuclear weapons strikes. He's mobilizing the Chinese uh, civilians for war, and he's purging the Chinese military of those officers who are opposed to invading Taiwan. You put that all together, and the point is that China is moving to war. Um, you know, one can argue he's just bluffing, but the point is he's now got the capability to do so. And we have a Joe Biden um, who is completely oblivious of what's occurring in China. So this is extremely dangerous right now because yeah. Biden thinks we're at peace. But Xi Jinping is on a war footing. Well, we've been here before. <laughs> you know, I mean, this has happened. Uh, in, in fact, it's, it's repeated uh, throughout history, particularly the, the history of the last uh, century. Um, the, uh, this uh, Gal Luft, the uh, associate who worked at CEFC when uh, Hunter Biden was, uh, was working with them, uh, he is uh, currently now, I guess, uh, he's got charges against him from the uh, federal government. They didn't care about him until now. And, and I uh, presume, and I, I think uh, with good uh, reason, that the reason being is Gal Luft knows what Joe Biden and Hunter Biden gave the Chinese in return for the millions and millions of dollars that they got. Is that the is that the vibe that you're getting from this uh, Gal Luft charges uh, when he worked with Hunter Biden at CEFC? Well, Rob, you know, putting Gal Luft aside for the moment, we know that uh, the relationship between um, the Chinese uh, Communist Party and the Biden family is extremely disturbing. Uh, Under Biden's legal team in the middle of March um, said that the uh, family received good faith seed funds, quote unquote. Well, that's an admission of corruption because corruption is the only explanation why a Chinese energy company would be paying such large amounts of money to a family where there are no business transactions. So um, we're going to find out, uh, yeah. Gail Luft or no Gail Luft, because the money trail is there and it will either. Um, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to exonerate uh, Joe Biden, but one way or another, we will find out because money always leaves a trail. 
Yeah, what do you suppose that Biden did? I mean, it, it's kind of clear to me when you make your country energy dependent again and you uh, you immediately, as soon as you go into office, declare that all the uh, the cars in the federal fleet, all the vehicles will become electric and all of the, the heavy metals and batteries and all of the windmill parts come from China. That, to me, would say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, China's getting their money's worth for the money they gave Joe Biden. Uh, can you think of anything else that the Bidens may have done that uh, was paid? back to China for all the money they got? Well, on the first day that Biden was president, um, before he went to an inaugural ball, he signed an executive order that reversed President Trump's ban yes. on the importation into the United States of equipment for the uh, U.S. electrical grid. Yes. That order was meant to prevent uh, sabotage. And I can understand a new president trying to review the China policies of his old president, um, but the point here is that you remain, keep in place the protections until you figure out your review. So I found that extremely distressing. Yeah, I found it extremely, and it should be fairly obvious. He's got to get something in return. I think this, the allowing the Chinese spy balloon to fly over our uh, sensitive military bases, I, it was obvious to me that uh, the only way that uh, that would happen is if Joe Biden gave them permission to do it. And and to me, it said that that wasn't the beginning of something. That was a message to the entire world that China has someone in the White House who's friendly to Chinese policies. Did that say the, that to you when you saw that balloon going over the country? Yeah, and, 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 yeah and in combination with not holding China accountable for, you know, COVID. You know, I, I, all of these things to me say the, the president is compromised. Yeah, um, that spy balloon showed the utter disrespect that China has for the United States. Yeah. That balloon yeah. flew over nuclear weapons site. But, you know, Rob, the one thing that we often forget is that um, Robert Gates, who was Defense Secretary in the Bush and Obama administrations, famously wrote in his 2014 memoir, and this was before any allegations of corruption, yeah. Biden has been wrong on nearly every foreign policy yes. national security decision <laughs> of the last four decades. Yeah. And I think that shows whether the Chinese bought Biden or not, Biden has these funny ideas that are not really... Um, that, that are, are just not in America's interest. And yeah. he, he would be wrong whether the Chinese corrupted him or not. But it doesn't really matter. He is not defending the United States. I don't care the reason. He's not defending the United States. He's not discharging his constitutional obligation to protect us. And he should go. You know, it's uh, I, you. You are more familiar, certainly, with Chinese uh, culture than I am. And a couple of things I I wanted to mention: Janet Yellen going over and bowing three times to the uh, uh, the underling of uh, Xi Jinping as VP. Uh, what did you think about that? In imperial times, Rob, um, vassals would come to the Grand Celestial Court and bow three times to the emperor, and that's how the Chinese saw that. Whoa! You know, so. Um, but it, it, it's more than just the bowing. Here we have the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, in June. Then you have Janet Yellen. Then you have climate czar John Kerry. Three senior Biden officials going to Beijing in, you know, one right after the other, without a return visit for, by a senior Chinese official to Washington. That speaks um, volumes about how the Biden administration views relations with Beijing. And the Chinese... They view that as um, acknowledgement of America's subordinate status to China. We there you may go. say 
you know, Biden didn't intend to do that. But that's how the Chinese thought about it and what the Chinese think are important, because that's what's going to motivate them to act. Yeah. You know, I I had uh, said this and I saw it repeated by several individuals in the last couple of weeks. I said that the the cultural revolution that's happening in this country is uh, is uh, part Stalin. Uh there are some other elements from the uh the Hitler's rise in Germany. And I'm saying that not to be uh, not as a pejorative, I'm just stating the facts. Summer of 2020, uh you know, Trump's inauguration, you can compare those to Kristallnacht among other things. You you look at uh, Stalin, he came up with the uh, terms disinformatia in 1923. And and then the silencing of free speech, state-sponsored censorship of free speech. And then if you speak out against the government to save your job or your position, you have to kowtow uh, and and submit. And that's what I'm seeing. And that's why I'm leaning towards this entire mess that the country has gotten into is what I would consider more than anything a Maoist revolution. What do you thought about that in, uh, in our closing uh, moment here? Yeah, C. Van Fleet um, from Loudoun County, she, she went through the Cultural Revolution when she was in China. She actually went to a school board meeting um, and said, this is exactly what occurred during the Cultural Revolution. So it is, you're absolutely right to use the Maoist label for what's occurring in the United States. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Gordon Chang, I really appreciate you joining me, and uh, and I always uh, love your insights when you're on Newsmax. Uh, you've got two books out, The Coming Collapse of China and The Great U.S.-China Tech War, and, of course, you are on Twitter at uh, Gordon G. Chang. Thanks for joining me, and I really appreciate it, sir. I really appreciate it, Rob. This was a blast. All right, you take care of yourself. Uh, let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. This is the Rob Carson Show. Thanks to uh, Gordon Chang for being on the show. Uh, it's nice to have people who really know, uh, really are experts in their field on the radio program. And that's why whenever there's anything above my pay grade I, uh, with regard to China, I go to Gordon Chang because he's awesome. He is, uh, he is awesome. If you want to hear the podcast from today's show, go to Newsmax.com slash listen. Here is, uh, you know, my generation, by the way, first generation to know in their hearts, probably most of their lives, that Social Security was not going to uh, be enough when we retire. I mean, honestly, I don't even depend on it being there when I retire. I'm going to retire in probably 13 or 14 years. And a staggering one in five Americans say they will never be able to retire. Only 36% of people age 55 and older say they'll be able to retire when they had planned. And it's only getting worse for Generation X. And that's why you need to consider diversifying the portfolio. Maybe you need to take some of the money that you're planning on retirement, investing it in precious metals because precious metals always have value. The housing market is terrible right now. 1% of inventory in the country is for sale. It's very bad right now. If you're depending on the house, you're going to need more. So I would suggest you get in touch with Swiss America. Consider adding precious metals. Swiss America is an A-plus rated from the Better Business Bureau. They can educate you on protecting your assets. You don't have to surrender to working yourself to death. And who wants to do that? I don't. Get their shocking report, The Secret War on Cash. Because, you know, there's uh, governments attempting to take over your currency, take over your bank account. You need to learn more. I find this report very fascinating, very enlightening. And if you'd like a free copy, call this number or text it. Uh, you owe it to yourself to do this. And make sure to include my name. All right? So 800-289-2646. 
There is an all-out war on cash, digital forms of currency as well. And right now, you need to get a copy of The Secret War on Cash and consider having the talk with your SIG about your future if you plan on retiring someday and not working yourself to death. 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646. Mention my name Carson or Rob Carson. or There are other names I wouldn't use, but I would just go with Rob Carson, whatever. Or you can go to SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. Message and data rates apply. Yeah, you know, I I'd like to retire. I I would. I I just have you noticed there's a new there's like a uh, Coors Light commercial or something, and it says uh, drink like you're retired. I mean, I mean, live like you're retired, and it literally shows old people and young people. And you know, I guess maybe that's what most people are going to do: just sit around and get drunk when they retire. I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to do more. So you remember, uh, you remember a while back, the uh, mainstream media, as they want to do, they always tell you, oh, you don't have to worry about this, and you don't have to worry about that. You're a denier. You're a conspiracy theorist. Remember when they said this about the government getting rid of gas stoves? You might think that the U.S. government is coming for your gas stove. That is a new and absolutely ridiculous one. Turns out Fox News and Republicans are up in arms because they say the government is coming to take your stoves. What Republicans are saying is... Damn it, they're going to take your gas stove. GOP have been stoking a ridiculous new freakout. She got all sorts of girlfriend there, didn't she? Gas stoves. No one is taking your gas stove. The right-wing freakout over the use of gas stoves. Okay, so you lie about everything. We always find out that you're wrong. And now we're going to find the same thing here. Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday, uh, she confirmed that this government is seeking to restrict water heaters and all other major appliances. Every appliance you have. Listen to this. On appliances. Um, so from this administration, we've seen them go after gas stoves, air conditioning units with regulation, refrigerators, washing machines, dishwashers, now water heaters. How many more home appliances will Americans eventually have to replace then because of regulation? So just to be clear, when it comes to water heaters, and uh, it is a... Uh, uh, it is, uh, it is proposed, what has been put forward, uh, and if it, it is enacted, it would not take it into effect until 2029. So let's not forget that. Uh, so we want to make sure that we have the facts out there. And uh, if and when it is it's going to help consumers save about $11 billion a year. Okay, That's there you what go. the president wants Yeah, so they're going to do this, but sure don't worry. lower costs for the American people. Yeah, you're, you're just, that's why the Inflation Reduction Act is so important. Yeah, well, that's why the, endurance, uh, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act is a joke. So there she is admitting that the government is going to come after all of your appliances. Your water heater, they want to make that electric. Your uh, dryer, they want to make sure that's electric. Every No gas stoves whatsoever. And you know what those mean precisely to global climate change, which isn't happening, or the global warm, which isn't happening? They mean nothing. They mean, they're so minuscule compared to like a volcano exploding, all right? Uh, it is. It has always been nonsense. It continues to be nonsense. And if you uh, immediately think like they did with gas stoves, that that's uh, falderall, you would be wrong. And I got to tell you, uh, replacing. Imagine replacing all your appliances by 2029. That, my friends, is madness. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to the Rob Carson Show. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. America, on air and on the worldwide. 
Wide Web. This is the Rob Carson Show. This is the Rob Carson Show, hour number three. The number, if you would like to uh, call, 800-922-6680. Coming up, a little bit more on the global warming thing. Uh, Nobel Prize scientist said there's no climate crisis, and he was uh, he had his uh, his appearance canceled. Well, yeah, because that's what they do. Oh, oh, and then <laughs> the uh, the one thing that you have to really be afraid of this summer. It's something that I've never heard of before, and I've I've grown up through uh, hot summers. Uh, you know, this isn't the hottest summer on record, by the way, uh, just because the planet's been around about five billion years, so it's a lot hotter. But anyway, uh, and it hasn't really gotten. Uh, it's cooled actually in the last five hundred years. That said, uh, they're issuing a warning about hot pavement that I actually thought about. Uh, yesterday when I was in the parking lot at Kohl's. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share that in a second. But uh, I do want to mention, I, I uh, told you a few weeks ago, one of the things that I, I did is I, I had my blood pressure checked, and I've always been a healthy person. And uh, I lost a lot of weight when I quit drinking a couple years ago. And uh, because I kept eating junk and crap and processed stuff, I gained some of that weight back. And then about a month and a half ago, two months ago, I uh, just said I'm done with it. Done with it. Got rid of all the crap. Cheated a little this weekend. Uh, thus far, I've lost 18 pounds. Uh, 18 pounds in about a month and a half-ish. Uh, slowed down a little. The first initial weight loss was dramatic. It was like 15, 13 pounds in 15 days, which is not a surprise because that's how your body generally does it. You kind of slow things down a little bit. I'm sure your metabolism probably slows. But I, uh, I'm going to the gym, and uh, I, I'm down about 18 now. I posted a video online this morning, and if you could compare my face to what it was two years ago, you wouldn't even recognize me. It's just, it's crazy. And um, it's it's rather odd. And I I hope perhaps if you are um, uh, in a rut and... um, Maybe you just kind of resigned to being overweight, which I, you know, I've, I've been yo-yo dieting my entire life. I'm so good at it, I'm starting to do tricks, you know, walk the dog. But I'm, I just finally, I'm tired. I, I've been fat longer than I've been thin. And, and what I'm discovering is that the thinner I get, I'm like, it's like, it's like an archaeological dig. Because, uh, you know, I'm finding like, uh, I saw an ab the other day. And it's still there. There was an ab there. It's right there. And, and then I'm, I'm also seeing like my, the muscles in my arms. They're there. And, and I'm starting to see a little, uh, a little definition. My arm doesn't have to look like a, a, an overstuffed sausage. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Um, I was up to, I really, I hate admitting this. I really, really do. Because I've never had this happen before. When I was drinking, I stepped on the scale, and I f- it was uh, 286 pounds. What the hell? 286. And I, 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 I can't even imagine that. I was like Homer Simpson. I was going to start wearing a muumuu. And uh, then I, like I said, I quit drinking. I've gone from a 46, this is embarrassing, 46 to a uh, loose 38 on the pants. And I'm not done. i still got another 25 to go. And, uh, and, and what I'm doing here, and I'm just going to tell you, uh, I've seen every diet, guys. I've been dieting uh, half of my life. I even buy damn diet dog food. It's so stupid. Our dogs are on a diet. It's just, it's ridiculous. We obsess about what foods are going to make us fat. Here, here's what it is. Stop eating as much. Whoa. What? What? Yeah. Uh, Jesus walked the desert. He, uh, he, uh, he and his disciples, they ate fish, ate bread, uh, not keto friendly, and, and drank wine. They were fine. 
So, uh, you know, I just I have no time to eliminate something or, or say I'm only going to eat cabbage soup or I'm going to do keto or I'm going to do caveman and all this crap. Just eat less. And don't eat crap. There you go. Uh, you know, Cool Whip is not a food. It's not. I mean, you know, it's nice and everything. Cool Whip isn't a food. It's, it's, it's a chemical. Food, cool Whip is a, is a chemical. Nothing about it ever lived. So you should know that. So anyway, I'm losing weight by just eating less and eating a variety of things and, and cooking stuff fresh. So, uh, and, I, and I'm putting I put, uh, recipes on social media. I did uh, cashew pesto this weekend, and I also show you how to make some uh, ridiculous deviled eggs. So I wanted to give you an update, and I'm, I'm going to be posting a picture here, not, not shirtless, not shirtless, but I am going to post a picture that is slightly more revealing in a very good way, in a very good way. You're going to go, holy crap. And uh, hopefully, maybe I can help to, um, I don't know, maybe inspire you or whatever. I want to live longer. That's it, you know. <clears throat> I want to live a long life. I want to I uh, be there for my kids. And uh, I'd always been healthy. I just let things slip, and now I'm kind of done. So there you go. So CNN, they decided to do a, uh, a story on uh, crime in San Francisco. And make no mistake about it, uh, Democrat cities have destroyed themselves. Uh, somebody sent me the quote from Napoleon, never interrupt an enemy in the process of destroying itself. And as bad as I feel for some of the residents who don't vote Democrat in places like San Francisco, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, San Francisco can drop off the face of the earth until it fixes itself. And as long as people keep voting in idiotic Democrats who do idiotic things like defund the police, I have little pity. Sorry, I have no pity for Portland uh, with their former mayor, Ted Wheeler, uh, and, and I have no pity for, for uh, Seattle with the idiot who was in charge there, and I have no pity for these cities that, that are 50-, 60-year Democrat run, and they've driven them into hell. Same goes with uh, Baltimore. Love Baltimore. And, and look what Democrats have done to that city. So CNN decided they would do a story about a, uh, a, a Walgreens, which supposedly was one of the highest uh, rated as far as thefts of their 9,000 stores. And as they were at the store, this is how bad things have gotten, uh, they saw three uh, robberies. Richie Greenberg walked into a San Francisco Walgreens when he saw in the frozen food section this. Chains, heavy chains that went from padlock to padlock on both sides of the doors and this was bizarre something i'd never this is america seen before this is just more icing on the cake telling us that rampant crime is is has become a, a regular part of life see we're going to win uh conservatism is going to win um uh, leftism socialism has uh, been allowed to spread its wings and look what it's doing to cities like San Francisco. So typical that in the 30 minutes we were at this Walgreens, we watched three people, including this man, steal. Did that guy pay? Did that guy pay? He didn't pay. Walgreens says this Richmond neighborhood store with aisles of products like mustard locked behind plexiglass has the highest theft rate of all their nearly 9,000 U.S. stores, hit more than a dozen times a day. Now, I was in New York, and uh, to me, it was very strange. I, I remember going into Duane Reed Pharmacy when I was there the last time and seeing things behind glass and having to ask for toothpaste because I forgot my toothpaste. And, and you know, I reminded of, of times that the United States, under Democrat rule, for instance, Dinkins, New York, uh, descended into hell.
And I've never seen anything like this. And, and it is completely, completely um, preventable. Uh, I've told you that I live in an area that is uh, a concealed carry area. Um, you don't have to have a license to conceal carry. And you can open carry. Um, do you know how many uh, uh, plexiglass uh, screens that I have to have open to get things from my CVS? Nothing. I mean, they've got one for like the condoms, but you know, I don't, uh, you know, whatever, whatever that stuff. I don't, uh, you know, marry twenty-five years anyway. So that's the only thing. Uh, those and Sudafed, you got to ask for Sudafed because meth and all that, and that's happening everywhere. But uh, but there are no smash and grab robberies here. And I'm going to tell you, uh, if somebody went into the Dollar General and decided to roll out with a cart full of uh, detergent, uh, someone would park their truck in front of their escape vehicle, um, and and I personally would let the air out of your tires while you're in the store. Um, and this is I, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to descend further into hell because um, <clears throat> Democrats are in charge in some of these cities. And now, and now, a new warning from a New York City. You know, we've been told to be afraid of everything. We're afraid of climate change. We're afraid of this. We're afraid of that. We're afraid of viruses. We're afraid of all of these things. And fear porn has become a little ridiculous. The New York Times is being torched publishing an article asking if it's safe to go outside during this cruel summer. Now realize a couple years ago, kids couldn't go to school and you couldn't go outside in New York City. Remember what life was like in New York City? Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. Reactions online are going after them for pushing fear-mongering. The, the section, the, the uh, story is called, Is It Safe to Go Outside? How to Navigate This Cruel Summer. This is insane. The article subheadline reads, Heat, flooding, and wildfire smoke have made for treacherous conditions. Uh, use this guide to determine when it's safe to head out and when you should stay home. Is this the life you want to live? Uh, particularly in New York, is this the life you want to live? Is this the life you want your kids to live? Dear God, the article is written by Alicia Hardasani Gupta. The summer of weather extremes in the United States, which is going outside, can be riddled with perils. The writer advises people to watch for flood warnings and check air quality levels before going outside. Or you can just go outside. I'm just saying, maybe you could just go outside. Uh, a New York Times reader said, a heat index of 103 degrees Fahrenheit and above is dangerous. You're likely to experience heat cramps and heat exhaustion, and heat stroke is possible if you go outside for a prolonged period or do something strenuous, according to the National Weather Service. Um, by the way, in case you wanted to know, uh, a whole lot more deaths occur because of cold weather. 94% of the deaths in Chicago uh, because of climate are because of cold weather. Uh, the Blaze host Lauren Chin says journalists have reached new level uh, record lows of neuroticism uh, previously thought to be impossible. Jay Bhattacharya said anyone taking health advice or learning epidemiology from the New York Times will be doomed to isolation and ignorance. And uh, DeSantis campaign reacher Kyle Lamb, they're already back to trying to normalize lockdowns and maskings for things like weather and air quality. They're desperate for control. I'm going to have to agree with that one. Uh, let's real quick go to uh, Alex in Brooklyn. What's going on, Alex? Hey, Rob. Thanks so much for taking the call. Didn't Kamala hey, Harris say when she spoke about the environment that she wants to depopulate? 
Because yes. you just mentioned <laughs> yes. you have 94% more deaths coming from cold weather. And yes. so they want to take away the heat because maybe they want to depopulate. I don't know. Maybe that makes a little sense. I, I, I want to comment about the crime thing that you were talking about, democratic states and cities. Because yes. the politicians, they don't give a damn. It's working out perfectly for them. So the stores are getting robbed. There's crime all over the place. Homelessness all over the place. But the situation for the citizens are bad. But And what's happening is the Republican voters are leaving these Democratic states and cities, while the Democratic voters are staying behind, and they keep on voting in these morons. So basically the Democrats, they destroy the city, and they get the Republicans out of there, which guarantees them Democratic rule for the future. But these Democratic voters, they got to think for a second, what the hell is going on? If you have this amount of crime and the policies are just allowing this to go on, why don't you vote these morons out? I'm, I vote Republican. I mean, they say, oh, we got to feel bad for the criminals because they're victims. Well, here's the thing. If you allow the criminals to steal and rob the, the stores, then what happens is the stores are going to shut down. The criminals are not going to have where to steal from. And the people that want to buy with their own money, they're not going to have where to buy from. So it should really come down to having a functioning society. And you can't do that when you are busy going and saying, oh, we got to help out the victims. Let them steal. Let them rob. You're not going to have any shops. You're not going to have any normal situation. You know what it's like, Alex, you know what it's like. You know what it's like living in New York, and I'm, yep. I've only been going to New York a couple of years. It's, it could be the guy used to say, I said, New York City, I can see why they considered it the greatest city in the world. They considered it, past tense. It's still a great city, don't get me wrong, and, oh, it's but great. it's still it's being held back from being uh, the exceptional uh, shining jewel that it was. Like, I remember in the 80s uh, uh, and, the, and parts of the 90s, I thought it was amazing. But, you know, also, the one thing you need to mention, Alex, all these people are moving out with money, and New York with Kathy Hochul is facing a $36 billion deficit, Alex, mm -hmm. which means people who are in New York who are still stuck there or choose to stay there are going to get hosed. They're going to get hosed. Besides for the, besides for the illegal immigrants, because they yeah. want me to take them into my home, so it's good. The immigrants, they get everything. <laughs> the criminals, they get everything. And you know what? They don't care. Let the rich leave. I mean, they don't mind. As long yeah. as you only leave Republi Democrats behind. You have Republicans that don't have a dollar to their name. They're crawling to Florida. They're crawling to Texas. I know. I know, I know people that are fleeing from here because it's a disaster. And, you know, you're so lucky. You don't have to ask the, the, the worker in Walmart to open the lock for you so you can buy a USB or your favorite deodorant. That's not how it is here in New York when I go to Walmart. I, I no. stop going there when it comes to buying certain items. I buy it online because... You know, I'm not waiting for 10 minutes for the worker to come over in a busy shop. I know, to get me the I know. That I need. Yeah, exactly, Alex. I know. And then here, you know, you go in a liquor store, you literally have $70, $80 bottles of bourbon, and they're out. They're not behind glass because nobody, nobody bleeps with them because there's a chance that the guy behind the register might just shoot your ass if you try to rob it. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. You know, if it ever becomes normal... That uh, you go into a Walgreens and has uh, it gets shoplifted three times and nobody does anything, then you need to either find another place or change how you're voting. Because honestly, this this can't continue. Walking in and stealing crap, grabbing a handful of stuff, uh, you know. And once you normalize this, once this becomes normal, then it's over. We got to get back to the days of, and I, you know, I'd say a beatdown. How about that? How about a trip? How about a shove? How about a grab the cart? You know, I mean, listen, I, I don't want to be in a, get in a fight. Was, but honestly, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm fed up. 
I'm fed up with it. I, I suggested maybe getting a small, uh, creating your own little spike strip, just to have it in your car, uh, just a little board with a couple nails sticking up through it that you could just place under the front tire of a vehicle attempting to steal stuff. And while they're in the car, you just do that. Now, if people are like, you're going to cause a whatever, you know, honestly, I'd rather see somebody get arrested and their car be disabled than let them get away and do it again. Am I wrong? Am I a vigilante? This is just it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. If I, I remember years ago, I was in, uh, I was in D.C. I was in a grocery store. And, and I worked at a convenience store in high school. And I remember the telltale signs somebody was going to steal. It's very obvious. Very obvious. And I saw this guy go down the, this aisle, and he's looking around, and he heads down the aisle. And this is when they had, a, uh, not an end cap, but a thing in the middle, and it was videos. So it was, uh, it was DVDs of your favorite movies. And I just had a feeling this guy was going to go back there and stuff his pants full of videos. And lo and behold, he did. He did. Now, if you were living in San Francisco today, be like, oh, hell, let me just go ahead and help you. I'll just help you bring them to your car. But I didn't. I, I said to the manager, I said, man, he is robbing you blind. And you know what the manager did? The guy goes to the, the, the entryway of the store. There's an opening door, and then there's a center there with the carts, and then there's an inside door. And that guy entered that, and they locked the doors. And this guy was screaming and yelling and all this, and the police got there, and they arrested the, the SOB. And honestly, that's where we need to go. This has to end. And this firing of uh, store employees for stopping people from shoplifting has got to end, too. Because companies that do that, honestly, there are people screaming. Not because uh, it's stealing from Walgreens, but unless Walgreens does something about this, then they can get away with anything. So it's time for American companies to say, screw this. we got to fight crime. Let's go to Eileen in Santa Cruz, uh, home of KSCO. Eileen, welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. Yeah. So you're becoming a lightweight, huh? Yes, I am. I'm a lightweight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I never, I never thought you'd become a lightweight, Rob. Yes. So, so you know, they're they're wanting us to buy all these elect, uh, electric appliances. No doubt, they'll all be from China, full of yes. spy technology. Yeah, right? it's it's ridiculous. It, it's it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And I'm going to tell you, anybody who tells uh, a chef that a gas stove is not as good as an electric stove, that uh, that chef should punch you right in the face because uh, it's ridiculous. Natural gas was placed on the planet by God. It is not a made up. It is a natural resource, and it should be used. It's not causing global warming. And i got to tell you, no amount, a million gas uh, furnaces being eliminated means absolutely nothing to the planet. Planet. No, they just it's want us more dependent. It, you're exactly right. Yeah, you're ex yeah. exa it's, it's ridiculous. With all the cars and yeah, it's it's just such insanity. So uh, I like the idea of the new focus for your, for the show. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, you know what, Eileen, I'm not going to stop talking about what I'm talking. I'm not going to change any opinions. I'm just no. turning down turning down the temperature while keeping the intensity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. All right, Eileen, you have a good one. I cannot, we cannot be warriors for our country unless our morale is good. Uh, coming up, uh, Barbara, you hold on. We wish it. Jason Aldean fights back, and Nicole Wallace shows she is almost as uh, as dumb as Kamala Harris. That's on the way.
We're winning, you know. We are going to win the culture war. They're doing a face plant. Everything from uh, men competing with women in sports, that's doing a face plant. Uh, you've got uh, Bud Light. You've got Target. You've got, uh, uh, oh, oh uh, the Sound of Freedom, the $120 million movie. America is, is good. We are good. We're good people. We're exceptional in the world. And we're going to throw off this nonsense. Jason Aldean. He has refused to back down over the uh, backlash for his song, which is about, uh, you know, the summer of 2020 and Black Lives Matter and Antifa wrecking the country to the tune of $2 billion and 30 lives lost. And he asked the question, try that in a small town. And the left immediately assumed that, uh, A, the crime was coming from black people exclusively, which is racist, and B, that, uh, that small towns are racist and they're wrong. It's just that small towns are populated by people with common sense who love the country as founded. That's why. And, and that includes uh, uh, small towns in places like Mississippi and Alabama and, and even in, in places like, uh, 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 you know, uh, Louisiana. I could go on. And, that that uh, have a lot of black people in them. Believe it or not, small towns are not just uh, bastions of white supremacy. I, I grew up in one, and we never, I don't know, I just thinking here real quick. Did I go into any Klan rallies? Uh, no, I actually never did because there was no clan faction around there, and white supremacy has always been a, a lunatic fringe movement. Uh, and by the way, the KKK was founded by a Democrat. But here is Jason Aldean in Cincinnati uh, talking about uh, the backlash to his song. It's been a long week, and I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of stuff suggesting I'm this, suggesting I'm that. Hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's one thing I feel. I feel like everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled. But you couldn't have one for a couple years there because the government was shutting down conservative opinion. So it doesn't mean it's true, right? So what I am is a proud American. I'm proud to be from here. So what I am is a proud American. Our country, I want to take the restore to what it once was before all this bullshit started happening. So I want to return the country. He says, uh, the one thing I saw this week was a bunch of country music fans that can see through all this BS. And, and I say, here, here, and I'm not even a country music fan, and this song, I don't think this song is all that great, to be honest, because, you know, I'm used to listening to country music by uh, Waylon Jennings and, uh, and uh, Willie Nelson, and uh, it's pretty good. But, you know, he makes a point. He makes a very good point, and this is the heart of America right here, whether you're white or black, whether you like country music or whether you like rap. Serious, that's the heart of America. Let's go to Barbary in Baltimore. Not the Barbary in Baltimore, but a Barbary in Baltimore. Hello, Barbara. Welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you, Rob. I listen to you all the time. Thank you. Go We're ahead. talking about Walgreens. <laughs> yes. How are the Walgreens in Malmer these days there, Barbara? Oh, my goodness. I live in Highland Town, okay? Ugh. And yeah. I always went to Walgreens. You go in there now. You can't get a basket. You can't get any, um, you know, carts because they've all been stolen. And they're not being replaced. Yeah. I've ta- I went in there, and the, the, the shelves are pra- practically bare, and they don't put put stuff back up already and i was told in there that they were bringing hammers in and actually breaking glass to get into the lotions and all the stuff and toothpaste and stuff that they have locked up it's crazy and they can't do nothing to them they just have to let them walk out i i gotta tell you i'm where are we gonna go with this barbara if we can't do anything about these a-holes if we can't do anything to stop them then what the heck are they going to get away with barbara is murder next 
because you don't want to upset I, anybody. I mean, isn't isn't that it? Isn't that the next step? Is just letting murder. Well, let, let's face it. In cities like Milwaukee, where the murder rate, uh, as far as clearance, they clear less than fifty percent of the cases. So you can literally get away with murder in places like Milwaukee and Chicago. Well, if I walked in there and stole it, I'd get locked up. <laughs> oh, yeah. It just it kind of seems that way, doesn't it? But, you know, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not a small person. Uh, despite my weight loss, I'm still about 6'1", about 245, with about a 50-inch chest. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm formidable when you see me if you're, you know, somebody of, of size. And I got to tell you, I'm not sure how I'd react. I think I would stop them. I think I would stop them because some things are worth fighting for. Uh, I think I would rally people in that store. I would do my level best to say, hey, hey, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. And, and maybe that's foolish, but I'm just damn sick and tired of it. I'm sick of it. I know, but I t- they tell the employees not to do anything. No, they, they do. Don't. So just give, give permission to anybody to go in and steal anything. Honestly, that's where we are. And that is, that is anarchy, Barbara. And we can't, let, we can't descend further from this because if we do, it's over. You know, I often thought, well, bring in the um, the guard. You know, the, I the, swear the, to God. The, we call them um, the National Guard. Oh, God, the National Guard. Bring them in, and maybe that'll help. I don't know, but it's getting just bad. It's really getting bad, and I it's mean, just, it's like the criminals are getting away with everything. Yeah, and you remember what Bar- Bar- Michelle Obama used to say? <clears throat> She'd say there are food deserts, and the reason why there are food deserts is because American corporations are racist. No, and this isn't about black people. This is about criminals going into these stores and robbing them blind and creating a food desert because of bad Democrat leadership, because no business in their right mind would do business in areas like that. And it's in cities around the country that are run by Democrats. It's black and white doing this because yeah. they go up on Eastern Avenue and they carry backpacks and they try to sell it to the people up on Eastern Avenue. Of course, they can sell their whatever and they can buy some money for whatever is the, uh, the, you know, the drug of the month. Barbara, I appreciate the phone call. Let's go to Alan in Dundalk. Alan, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hey, Rob, how are you doing? I'm glorious. Good to hear you. Oh, fantastic. You got a well, great first voice. First off, I want to say something real quick. Yes. I'm going to send you some data. I'm going to send okay. you some charts and some data to back up what I'm talking about, okay? Yes. yes. So you can take a look at it for yourself and make your own determinations. Uh, number one, global warming and climate change is very political. Solar cycles are very real. Now, let me explain. Yeah, I know every exactly what you're going to say because I'm a student of this, by the way, but go ahead. Every 22 years, every 22 years or so, the sun goes through a complete solar cycle. Every 11 years, the poles flip north to south, south to north. It causes havoc throughout our, uh, throughout our solar system. It causes mm-hmm. absolute havoc. Yes. To give you an idea, in, uh, uh, now geologic history is a, a form of history where you can look back and see what occurred over a long period of time. Nothing yes. specific, nothing to a date or a day. In 2200 B.C., there was a warming trend. And um, in, 20, in 1100 B.C., there was another warming trend. Mm-hmm. In 250 B.C., there was an extreme cold. Mm-hmm. All right. In 200 uh, A.D., there was a warming trend, the Roman Empire. Yes, yes, Again, yes. Again, you know, when, this, is, this is very, very cyclic. 
Yes, of course it is. And Alan, and Alan, it's all caused. Hold on, Alan. It's all caused by a giant ball of burning gas 93 million miles away. If the sun farts, it will impact our weather. Yes, and volcanoes spewing. And bombing, uh, bombing pipelines in the, near Russia, stuff like that. <laughs> no, most of our most of our colder weather has been caused about many ice age, a little ice age uh, throughout the Europe. Jamestown found it was caused by a volcano. Exactly. What we're well, experiencing is a global warming cycle because of solar activity. Exactly, Alan. Well, I, I, I I appreciate that. I've got an audio I want to play for me because I thought this was interesting. Uh, this is Michael Schellenberger. Michael Schellenberger uh, testified. He's one of the journalists who uh, exposed the the uh, uh, Twitter files, and he is a liberal. All right, Michael Schellenberger. He's one of those Prius driving guys who wears the you know puts the coexist bumper sticker spelled in in the religious symbols on the on the back of the car. Even though several of those religious groups want to kill all the rest of them, it's kind of weird. But you can spell coexist on your bumper sticker. It's kind of stupid. Anyway, here he is talking about uh, this is this liberal talking about the uh, fear porn merchants involved in climate change. Here we go. Hold on. I don't know why we're having an issue with the audio, but we are. Try it again. Destroying your future. There we go. Carbon dioxide is accumulating in the atmosphere. Global warming is killing the Great Barrier Reef. But there's more to this story. Now, he is uh, literally reading stories. He started off with climate change is destroying the Earth. Over the last decade, total global emissions declined. What? Deaths from natural disasters have diminished to a few hundred a year in the United States. I thought they were worse. Even as the global population quadrupled over the last century, they've declined internationally by over 90%. Weird. The Great Barrier Reef recorded the highest amount of coral in 36 years, and maybe longer because that's the amount of time that we've been studying and measuring. How come nobody is saying that? Because it uh, makes a lot of people a lot of money. And when you can control this, you can control everything. When you can now, control... Okay, real quick. I've only got another 30 seconds, Alan. Go ahead. 3.3% of the Earth's atmosphere below 1,000 feet is carbon dioxide. Yes. And they have three spikes of absorption in the infrared spectrum. And that's what gives us warmth uh, below 1,000 feet. The water vapor is 60% of the Earth's atmosphere. Yes. And it spans the entirety of the infrared spectrum. So now I got a question for you. Real quick. Would it be water vapor that's causing global warming or three little spikes? Yeah, exactly. Of CO2. It's all falderal. It's all it's all fear porn. It's all meant to control you. Uh, and and when they couldn't prove that the Earth was cooling, then they thought that it was warning because it wasn't cooling. And then they just decided to call it this amorphous climate change, which covers everything. And then they decided to go after the one thing that is absolutely necessary for animal and plant life, which is CO2, because they can control every aspect of your life when they can control CO2. Appreciate the call. This is a guy, uh, scientist John Clauser. He won a Nobel Prize in physics last year, and he was scheduled to give a speech at a climate scimitar, seminar hosted by the International Monetary Fund. That has been canceled because he said this. Listen to 
this. It's pretty interesting. According to government figures, Australia is producing 499 million metric tonnes of carbon dioxide per year. But what I also found is that one mature tree will absorb 48 pounds or 21.77 kilograms of carbon dioxide. So instead of buying stupid carbon credits, uh, you just, you know, the trees will do it. A year. And Australia currently has <laughs> 24 billion standard-sized trees yes. absorbing 453 million metric tonnes of carbon dioxide per year. That's how nature and that's just does trees. It yeah, doesn't include any other yeah. plant life. In particularly, doesn't include mangroves. And mangroves will absorb 50 times more carbon dioxide per year than a standard-sized tree. So why is the government hell-bent on cutting down trees in order to install solar farms when it seems quite obvious from the science that nature has already provided the solution to the problem. <laughs> That's beautiful. That <laughs> is absolutely beautiful. All right, let's take a break and come back. I still want to get to uh, Megan Kelly ripping uh, uh, Megan Rapinoe uh, of the U.S. Uh, women's soccer team and uh, my thoughts on it, including the fact that Megan Rapinoe killed women's soccer. That's coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. Here's something else to be afraid of. <laughs> uh, and I was thinking about this. I was walking through uh, the, the parking lot at Coles. We got a Coles not too far from the, uh, from the house here. They'll probably change her name because coal is associated with climate change. But it's K-O-L, uh, K-O-H-L. I like Coles. Uh, anyway, so the, the, the latest uh, thing you need to be afraid of, uh, doctors are warning that they're seeing a spike in ICU patients with burns from falling on the ground because it's so hot in parts of the United States. How about uh, emergency room visits from wearing shorts and having black leather seats? How about that? Anybody have that? We get the second-degree burn on the back of your legs? How about that? Yeah, the, the heat wave hitting the U.S. is so extreme that people are getting severe burns from just falling on the pavement. Uh, up to a third of patients in Arizona uh, are in burn units who sustain injuries this way. And I was thinking about this. I got out of my car the other day, and there's a, it's, a, it's an asphalt parking lot. I thought, if I passed out here, I would burn the crap out of myself. I really would. So uh, 85 degree temperature can bring the concrete to 105, asphalt to 130. When it's 97, 145, and 150, when it's 125 out, uh, you could fry hamburgers essentially. But you're going to cause some uh, pretty severe burns. Uh, uh, in uh, in uh, Phoenix, uh, one third of patients in the burn center are people who fell on the ground and burned themselves so badly they needed hospital care. And uh, some of those states are Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Kansas, Utah, Nebraska. And uh, excessive heat warnings are happening. You know why? Because there's a thing called a heat wave. And uh, if this were the hottest summer on record, and next year with the hottest summer on record, and the year after that with the hardest uh, summer on record, I'd be worried about global climate uh, change, murder hornets, cooling, warming, hole in the ozone. But I'm not. Because it's just nonsense. Someday, in some place in the world, they're having their cold this summer. It's just, it's just so stupid. It's just so stupid. Megan Rapinoe, or Rapinoe, or whatever you want to call her name, uh, she destroyed women's soccer. She did. Uh, Megan Rapinoe is a, a two-time World Cup champion. She has a chip on her shoulder. She's a typical indoctrinated uh, commie lib. And, uh, and she will not stand during the national anthem and the, and the team, uh, the U.S. team, before beating Vietnam three to nothing. Six of our starting players decided not to place their hands over their hearts and, uh, and not do the anthem. And I got to tell you, uh, if you're going to represent the United States of America, that should be a prerequisite. You have to be a patriotic American. 
I'm serious. 1,000%. If your team is Team America, you are representing the country. You put your damn hand on your heart, and you sing that national anthem. And if you don't like America so much, then don't compete for Go Go play for the, you know, the, the Poughkeepsie Blazers or something. But honestly, you do not deserve to be playing for a team that's called America. And here is uh, Megyn Kelly giving Megan Rapino or whatever her name is, a little what for. I really do believe their version of what a feminist is, what it means to be an empowered woman, at least as an American woman, means to hate your country. It means to go out on the national stage and embarrass yourself and your country by not singing the national anthem. And for several of them, not even holding their hands over their hearts. Now, I saw a FIFA which is the agency that governs world soccer, the other day begging people to buy tickets to see women's soccer in this tourney because people are not interested in right now. And I would assume this idiotic display, literally two years after you know Black Lives Matter was shown to be completely fraudulent, that they're doing these, these same political games. They're just ruining the country. I remember... remember uh, Brandy Chastain, remember when the U.S. women won the uh, the gold medal and Brandy Chastain ran out in the middle of the field and she got down on her knees and threw the shirt in the air and she's there in her sports bra. It was very controversial. But it was a beautiful moment for women's sports. It was women did it. It was brilliant. All those little girls who played soccer and, and, and were there at practice and mom and dad had to run them around four or five times on a weekend. They looked at that and they said, wow, I can do that. And I don't know why we have people uh, conspiring to destroy women, women's lives, women's sports. So when it's not uh, you know, a, a man competing as a woman because he can't compete as a man, now we've got people who, who just hate America. And, and honestly, they're ruining the sport for everybody. When the national anthem played, that was a bridge too far. They couldn't be bothered to actually place their hand on their heart when the national anthem played as they stood out there representing you and me and the country and our military and people who have given their lives for the country that they represent. It was too much of an effort, you see, to place their hand over their heart or, God forbid, sing. Yeah, I think we're um, I think we're at our end. I really do. I think we're at our end with this this nonsense. I think people are 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 done with it. Um, a couple of years ago, we had people march into our country, tell us that we were all racist and homophobic. And the reason they did it is because they didn't want us speaking out against their radical leftist agenda. And that it worked for a while. We did. We didn't want to be called racist. We didn't want to be called homophobic. And then we realized we never were. They just used those names as a weapon against us to silence our opposition. And when that didn't work, they got the federal government involved and they shut down the First Amendment. I could go on and on. But um, I I would recommend that the uh, U.S. women's soccer team start standing for the anthem or they're done. Let's take a break and come back and wrap it up. This is the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Check out the podcast and share with others if you would. It'd be awesome. Go to Newsmax.com slash listen. All right? Have a glorious day. God bless you. See you tomorrow. And until then, you know, you know the drill. Don't catch the stupid. See you tomorrow. WCBM. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.